SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I'm Brad Brown, and thanks to to the MoneyWeb team, they back again tomorrow at six. Coming your way in the next half hour, we're going to be talking all things sport. We'll be looking ahead to the Bok Clash against Argentina, uh, the Castle Lager Rugby Championship opener. We'll hear from Springbok Flyer Elton Yankees on this evening's show. We'll also be talking some amateur golf with Lali Stunder, and we'll be looking ahead to this evening's champ, uh, Champions League qualifiers, as well as what happened last night uh, in those fixtures. But let's start with some of the stories making news headlines today. And Ajax Cape Town defender Roscoe Peterson joined his Bafana Bafana teammates in Johannesburg last night ahead of their second leg Chan match away against Zambia on Saturday. The 28-year-old was set to miss this weekend's PSL start after receiving a red card in the last game of the last season. But Ajax's bad luck has turned into Bafana Bafana's good fortune as Peterson's now available for Stuart Baxter's side who had been hit with a number of withdrawals. Peterson says he's honoured to get the call-up. Yes, obviously I'm looking forward to the trip now. I've, I've never been to Zambia before, uh, not any other African country for that matter. Um, obviously, yes, I know the past result was a 2-2 draw at home, so it will be a bit of a difficult task away from home as they have two um, away goals. But I'm sure the guys will be up for it. Um, I know some of the guys that's in the squad as well, and I know that the heart and the fight will be there. The former Chip United and Supersport United defender says he's looking forward to working with Baxter and learning as much as he can from the experience. Hopefully I can learn a lot. Um, obviously Stuart is, he has done well with Supersport obviously and previous um, previous coaching jobs he had. Um, obviously yes, it will be an honour to work under Stuart. Um, it will be a new experience for me. Um, um, hopefully I'll just be open to everything and just make sure I take in a lot and as, as much as I can. And yeah, just bring all that home with me. In other news out of that uh, international squad, Ryan Moon's been ruled out of the second clash on Saturday due to an injury. And if uh, reports are to be believed, Bafana Bafana midfielder Quinton Fortune has joined Stuart Baxter's technical team. Cape Town City will begin their PSL campaign this coming Friday when they play against Bidvest Vitz away from home. Both City and Vitz won their opening games of the season in the MTN8 quarterfinals last weekend and will come up against each other later this month again after being drawn in the semi-finals with coach Gavin Hunt and new signing Slavko Damjanovic set to sit out Friday's league game after both were sent off in their quarterfinal clash against Golden Arrows. City coach Benny McCarthy says... Vits are not a team to be underestimated. They ain't the champions for nothing. You see 2-0 down with 10 men, they still manage to win that game. So that just shows you about their character. But it's because they've got, they've got probably for me the best coach in the league. They've got a guy who knows their team is drilled properly. So we're going to have to be bring our AA game if we to get, if we to get something against Vits because they experience, they're a big side, and they rely a lot on set pieces. McCarthy made his professional debut under Hunt over two decades ago at Seven Stars and says he's actually quite relieved that Hunt is not going to be on the bench on Friday. They won't have, they won't have Hunty on the bench, so it's good for me. I don't, I, don't, I don't have to face, I don't have to face Coachy or when there's an altercation where I have to sit with. So at least now I can do it to the assistant coach, which for me is no problem. In other domestic football news, Platinum Stars have completed the signing of Botswana International Tabang Sassini as well as Simon Konke Mabata from Vitz. 
In foot, uh, international football news, Gilfie Sigurdsson has passed uh, his Everton medical ahead of his £45 million move from Swansea. And uh, Chelsea forward Lucas Piazon has, uh, was facing a lengthy spell on the sidelines. He went and broke his leg on loan at Fulham. Five UA for Champions League qualifiers look forward to this evening. The pick of which sees Nice travel to Napoli and Celtic host Astana. On to cricket news, former left-arm spinner Robin Peterson has been appointed as assistant coach for the Bloom City Blazers, that ahead of Cricket South Africa's Global T20 League. Peterson joins Alan Donald as part of the coaching staff, with the latter taking up the role of bowling coach and team ambassador. And finally, in tennis news, the Danish uh, Tennis Federation announcing today that the Series Arena in Aarhus, Denmark, will be the venue for the all-important upcoming Davis Cup Group 2 third-round tie against South Africa. That tie will be played between the 15th and 17th of September, and the winner of that tie will be promoted to the Euro-Africa Group 1. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll be chatting amateur golf. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader. Lots of golf taking place uh, around the world at the moment involving South African amateurs. And uh, I thought we'd get someone who's definitely in the know when it comes to SA Amateur Golf. She keeps an eye on most of it. Uh, Lali Stunder joins us now on SAFM Sports Chat. Lali, it's nice to catch up once again. Welcome back. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, as you said, a very, very exciting time for, uh, for amateur golf. Especially after our Louis Oosthuizen got his Grand Slam of second place in the Masters. <laughs> and if anybody's been on social media for the last couple of days, there's a video of Louis doing the rounds, uh, lip syncing uh, to a song called uh, "I Will Rise." Or I will rise. rise. Up. Uh, it, it is the funniest <laughs> thing. Pure class, absolute it, pure class. I think so too, and it shows a, a different side of, of Louis Oosthuizen. I've never met him, but he always comes across as being quite, uh, quite sort of dry, and, and that just shows a, a different side of. Him. It does help when you're on a private jet, uh, I must say, but a uh, fantastic clip. If you haven't seen it, uh, make sure you go check it out. But Lali, let's talk about this sort of rise of, of South African amateurs, and there's, uh, there's lots on the go at the moment. So let, let's talk about uh, some of the things that happened last week. Tell us, tell us what you've been keeping your eye on. Well, I think, I think the wave really started in June when Carl McClatchy, South Africa's top uh, amateur, uh, beat out a hugely international field from America, all over Europe, to win the English men's stroke play title. And that victory from Carl has really inspired a, a bunch of youngsters. Last week, uh, Casey Jarvis, who trains with Kyle, uh, won the boys under 14 championship in England, um, where uh, another youngster, a 13-year-old, um, Christopher Bagnell from, from Ecuadini was also there and uh, I spoke with him afterwards and he said to me watching Casey coming down the 18th with this huge crowd of people following has just inspired him to step it up and work twice as hard and right after Casey Jarvis won um, in England Volko Ninaba won his 8th event for the season um, he's also won abroad in Germany he won the, the Junior Masters in Germany He's now won eight titles this season and today made his debut for South Africa in the Fellowship Cup at Leopard Creek. This is the second year that South Africa is playing India in a test called the Fellowship Cup. Uh, this year they're playing at Leopard Creek. Last year the South Africans absolutely slashed India 11-1 and in Calcutta. 
Um, but this year's format is quite exciting because we have four seniors, four mid-amateurs, four juniors, and then four open amateur, which is essentially 18 to 30. And um, the average age of the junior and open amateurs is about 18, 19 years old. So really, really exciting stuff happening in the junior side or the younger side of amateur golf. Um, today, South Africa beat India. Well, they almost scored a whitewash, uh, Brad. They, they leaving seven and one. Only two of the seniors from India preventing that complete whitewash. Um, and what was very interesting for me was to see how uh, Luca, Luca Filippi and Christo Lamprecht perform in today's test. These two are heading off to the Junior President's Cup in September. Um, it's going to be the curtain raiser for the main President's Cup. And we have three South Africans already qualified um, for 11 spots in the 12-man international team. Lamprecht and... Philippi will be playing with uh, Gary Kigo from South Africa in that international field. And both of them today carried their partners, played exceptionally good golf at Leopard Creek. And, of course, with the format being better ball foursomes and singles, you can't ask for any better preparation for the President's Cup than having them uh, come through and performing really well. And then we have two more youngsters Jaden Shaper is the number one junior, currently lying in the 12th spot for the international team, and Boko Ninaba lying in the 13th spot for the international team. So really quite amazing to think South Africans occupy the top five spots or five spots for that international team for the Junior President's Cup. I think that's fantastic. Lali, there seems to be a bit of a... a, a, a say, even with, with Louis finishing second uh, at the PGA this past weekend, in, in my mind, there's been a bit of a slump. We, we had a, a major resurgence, particularly on the professional side. Is this the new breed coming through? Will we see a lot of these names in the years to come turning pro and, and dominating the, the world scene? Well, without giving my age away here, uh, I've been in the industry now 21 years, 17 of which I was with the Sunshine Tour, and I see, I've seen it happen over and over. We had, uh, we had a spark in the Renaissance with Ratif Hussain and, and Ernie Alves. Then came that little uh, set with um, Louis winning the Open and Charles winning the Masters. And um, right now, we are in an up, upwards motion again with Dylan Fratelli coming through, winning on the European Tour, Hayden Porteous and Zander Lombard, both former number one amateurs, also now finding their feet alongside Brandon Stone, who's already won on the European Tour. These guys are the next wave coming through. And, and right behind them, these youngsters will be that, let me put it, call it a wave that will come through in about five years from now. Um, we also have a huge amount of really, really talented golfers currently on the collegiate circuit in America. Now, those guys are going to be graduating. I'm talking uh, Ernie Alsa's nephew, Yvonne Rabula, Dylan Naidu, who's one on the Big Easy Tour, on the Sunshine Tour. Um, there's, a, there's a few others I can't think of them immediately, but these guys will be graduating in about two to three years, and they will then start making an impact as well. So the, the, the flow of top amateur talent is definitely there. It is just a question now of nurturing it properly and not withdrawing support the minute that these guys matriculate. We recently saw Musi Mpenzini um, win on the Big Easy Tour on the Sunshine Tour. Now, when I started writing amateur golf, Musi earned his um, 
South African colors on merit to represent South Africa at Zone 6. Unfortunately, they were left to their own devices. You know, there was no support to carry them on and take them to that next step onto the Sunshine Tour. And it is a hell of a bridge to cross going from amateur golf to pro golf. Um, but I think Golf RSA has got it right working with the IGT Development Tour, working with the Sunshine Tour on the Big Easy Tour, um, providing these guys now with coaches, with sports psychologists and so forth. And, and I think they're doing it right now. I think that we are going to see more champions come through than we've seen in the past over the next five years. Exciting times in South African golf indeed. Lonnie Stunner, as always, great to catch up. Thanks for your time here on SAFM. Much appreciated. Thanks, Brad. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. On to some rugby now here on SAFM Sport Trap. And Springbok fly half Elton Yankee says nothing short of a good start will be sufficient in keeping Argentina at bay in their Castle Lager Rugby Championship opener at the Nelson Mandela Bay Stadium in Port Elizabeth on Saturday. Yankee says it'll be important for the Springboks to keep to and execute their game plan. I think first of all we're going to have to have a good start against the Jaguars. I think they, if they're going to have a good start, they build confidence through that. And especially the first 20 minutes, that's going to be the key for us. Um, but it's all about ourselves, um, making sure that whatever plan we have in place, um, we execute that plan well over the weekend. And then obviously they bring something different to the party. They're not just a normal side that you know what's coming. They bring that unexpected thing as well, having a quick throw in, a quick tap and stuff. So we're going to have to be alert and aware on the field. Yankees believes that the growing culture of brotherhood within the Springbok team has helped his fellow Lions teammates forget about their Super Rugby final loss and everyone's excited about the prospect of being back in the national team. Yankees also revealed that he's been working hard at improving his game management and not just his kicking at goal and believes that he's made the necessary strides from where he was last year. I think for me goal kicking is just about trusting my body and trusting my technique. Um, it's something that you put in a lot of work on um, repeating the same routine the whole time, so it's all about trusting your body and believing yourself when you kick it. Um, it become an instinctive thing. Um, yeah, there's obviously a few things that I've been working on every single day when I go out to training field, um, making sure that I make the right decisions at the right time, whether if it's in the attacking zone or in the defensive zone. So that's some things that I've challenged myself to make the right decisions every single time. And then obviously, to create some space for my outside backs as well, that's something that I really inspire, inspire myself, is always to create for the guy inside and outside of me. With a capacity crowd expected at the Nelson Mandela Bay Stadium on Saturday, Yankee says they appreciate the crowd support, but it won't be enough to win them the game. Yeah, it's obviously nice to have a lot of support, um, having a lot of people behind us, but that's not going to win us the game. We're going to have to pitch up on Saturday and we're going to have to play for 80 minutes. Um, it's not going to be easy against the, uh, the Argentinians, um, but we, we, will, we will be well prepared for Saturday. Um, we've had a good week last week and then we're still building into the game um, for this week as well. Springbok assistant coach Franco Smith says they've made great strides in the manner in which they want to attack and that there are no limits to how much more improvements can be made as a side in the rugby championship. Yeah, it was a great start. Um, it was a good chance to install um, a total different, at, oh, not total different, but a total game pl- game management plan. To the players, they were very acceptable and adaptable to it, so compliments to all of them. Um, we are excited about the attack. We are excited. I believe, you know, we don't want to play or we don't want to be like somebody. I think there is sometimes a misinterpretation 
for me it's about using um, our ability, our strengths and our DNA over the years um, and just add a little bit of, uh, of uh, look to play actions to it to make sure that we prove to ourselves and to the world that we are skillful and we have the ability to play with the ball in hand and I believe if you see how the South African rugby sides have adapted to that to the high scoring games um, uh, and also in the Cavan week this year all the youngsters are looking up to what these guys have done in the French series you know so we are excited about it but we're not getting carried away I'm happy with what we've done in this t- uh, 10 days like I said it's still a work in, proce- uh, in progress Now, you know we um, hopefully there's no limit in how much we can get better so we push ourselves and challenge ourselves every day and hopefully we can, can keep on um, surprising ourselves and then everybody else if necessary You're listening to Sport on SAFM the next best thing to being at the game On to some cricket now here on South Africa's news and information leader and Proteas batsman Hashim Amla insists that there was great support from the players for Russell Domingo despite growing speculation that the national coach was set to be replaced on their tour of England. Cricket South Africa have been conducting interviews with several candidates who had applied for the post over the last month. The country's mother body had advertised the post earlier this year as Domingo's contract was coming to an end with a 42-year-old also reapplying for his job. England bowling coach Otis Gibson is favourite for the role, but Amla says there's still definite support for Domingo. I don't know what Russell's future is. All I know is that there's a great support for Russell because uh, I mean he's uh, you know he's unwell with the team, but there's things that are out of our hands. I mean we don't know what's going on. Um, all we know, is, oh, actually we don't even know much. <laughs> Nothing's confirmed. Yeah. West Indian Gibson is a former all-rounder for his country and also played domestic cricket in South Africa for many years. As a coach, he is in his second stint in charge of England's bowling attack. He was also head coach of his own country between 2010 and 2014, guiding them to the World T20 title in 2012. Amla admits he did not know Gibson personally, but expected that should Domingo be replaced, Cricket South Africa will only bring the best candidate in to replace him. I've just had a little bit of interaction with Otis over the years whenever we've played England, because he's been an English coach for, for a while. And, yeah, and I've had good interactions with him, but I mean, as far as coaching and things go, uh, I'm sure he's a very good coach, because I, mean, I, I trust that uh, if they appoint somebody, they're only going to appoint somebody who's, who's, who's got a great vision for the team. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, there's not much we can really say now, because we don't know what's going on. Um, and there's now five or six weeks before the next, uh, next uh, international game, which gives... Which would give you know enough time for clarity on who's going to be, who's really going to be the coach. The Proteas have only recently returned from a disastrous trip of England, one of the worst in their history of tours to the United Kingdom. They lost the Test series 3-1, were beaten 2-1 by the hosts in both the One Days and the T20s, and also suffered an embarrassing exit in the Champions Trophy. Amla admits it was a journey of missed opportunities and felt things could have easily gone the other way had South Africa won at more crucial moments. Results-wise, yes, it was disappointing. I mean, we didn't win any of the series that we had uh, we had embarked on. In terms of the Test cricket, which was the which was the last last few matches, we had some ups and downs. I think we played good cricket at times, but not enough consistently good cricket. Although the scoreline was three-one, there were times in 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 nearly every Test match where. Uh, where the game was on the line and unfortunately we didn't uh, capitalize on those moments. I've played on many games where 
we are on the other side, really, where other teams are just not on, uh, you know, missed opportunity here or there, or that moment just bypasses, uh, bypasses the opposition, and you take the lead. So unfortunately, we were in that situation. Um, we couldn't string enough enough big scores with the bat, and I think our bowlers, you know, did remarkably well to keep us in the game most of the time. But unfortunately, with the bat, we couldn't capitalize and and get the big scores that really changes the games. Their woes on the field were also compounded by matters off it. Apart from the uncertainty surrounding Domingo's future heading to England, the coach also had to fly back and forth after his mother was involved in a critical car accident, which eventually led to her passing away mid-series. Captain Faf Duplessis missed portions of the tour due to the birth of his child, while key batsman A.B. de Villiers remained unsure over his future. Amla, however, refused to cast blame on any of those things. No, I don't think that had any any impact. Personally, I don't think it had any impact in the team because everybody understands that it's part of, of life that, you know, you're going to have... Uh, babies born and, and deaths in the, in, in the families it's just part of part and parcel of, of how things operate so that everybody's very understanding and mature regarding those things so it doesn't affect any anybody's performance I don't think the 33-year-old was also not in the best form during the tour, even though he showed glimpses of his class towards the back end of it. He scored 329 runs in eight innings at an average of just 41.12, just under 10 short of his regular average. There were plenty of suggestions that uh, he was a batsman on the wane, but Amla confirmed he still had the hunger and desire to continue playing test cricket with retirement the furthest from his mind, but he admitted he did not have the ideal trip with the bat. Naturally, every person has a desire to, to score as many runs, and if not hundreds and two hundreds and, and whatever else. Um, so, but I think it was the most uh, concerning factor for us as a team, uh, and for me personally, was when you get in, you need to, to get those big scores that kind of change games. Unfortunately, we didn't manage to do that. I, did, I got in three or four times. Uh, I couldn't capitalize on two massive scores. So, yeah, it would have been nice to... An ideal to to have capitalised, but it wasn't to be. SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some football now here on SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Don't forget, if you'd like to be in touch, you can uh, just tweet us or pop us a message on Facebook. Search for SAFM Radio or to me personally at Big Brad Brown. And uh, lots of football to chat about. Uh, I think some of the news coming through this afternoon is that Stuart Baxter's added someone else to his technical team uh, ahead of uh, their clash against Zambia this weekend. We join now by football analyst Neil Gregg. Neil, welcome on to SAFN Sports Wrap once again. Nice to nice to catch up. I believe Quinton Fortune joining uh, the Bafana Bafana technical team. That's a, a bit of a scoop for Stuart Baxter, isn't it? Yeah. Good evening, Brad. Nice to chat and uh, also SAFM listeners. Good to be talking. Um, great. Uh, good to see Quinton back. I mean, you can't deny uh, Quinton's experience, you know, having been in Europe from a teenager at some of the biggest clubs in the world. Uh, he surely got something to offer uh, back to the younger generation. So why not? I think it's good to see guys with that kind of uh, experience and knowledge uh, giving back to the game. So I think it can only be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree 100%. And we've seen the likes of, of Helm Kalele helping out with uh, with the youngsters during the, the under-21 uh, tournaments, the FIFA tournaments. We, we see the likes of, of Benny McCarthy now with Cape Town City, who's got tons of experience as well. And I, I think it's great to see all these ex-Bafana Bafana players giving something back. But let's also talk about uh, UEFA Champions League playoffs that are taking place at the moment. 
Uh, and uh, last night, a couple of fixtures, I think all eyes were on the, the Liverpool clash against Hoffenheim. Uh, and uh, in the end, I think the scoreline, Liverpool will be disappointed with 2-1. They, they came close to keeping a clean sheet, and uh, 2-0 away from home would have been fantastic, but 2-1 it is. Yeah, difficult. I was listening to an interview with someone out of Hoffenheim earlier today, and uh, I think the way they're looking at it is obviously... Anfield, a very difficult place to go and play at. Uh, one of the most passionate crowds in the world. But they've got the goal, so they, 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 all they need is to, is to keep playing the way they did at home in Germany and they've got a chance. So it, they, they would feel that they've got a fair chance, even, even though it's a daunting start going to Anfield. So yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the Bundesliga clubs are no pushover. It's a league that's just continued to grow commercially, from a fan perspective, but also the quality of players and coaching coming through. So I think today, no matter who you get in the German Bundesliga, uh, in European competition at whatever level, you need to be at on point and at the top of your game. It right? doesn't matter if it's Bayern Munich or Hoffenheim or Wolfsburg. Uh, these are very, very good clubs. Neil, one of the, the teams is also no stranger to European football is CSKA Moscow. They were in action last night and picked up, uh, I, I want to say, a lucky win. It was an own goal in the 91st minute. It doesn't get much unluckier for, for young boys. I mean, to, to lose at home in that manner must be heartbreaking. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, like, these, at this level, you, uh, your dreams are made or your, your heart gets broken, you know. And I think half, half of the time you get... This is where you get tested against the big boys. So, I mean, it's wonderful to see some of the clubs that are out there um, causing upsets and going further than they have in the past. And I think the fact that you've got more and more teams uh, involved in this level of competition, whether it be Europa League or Champions League, you're going to get upsets uh, sometimes, but you're also going to get a lot, of, a lot of heartache and a lot of life lessons, you know, especially for teams that are, that are um, very good at producing young players. Um, they're, they're going to have some, some big lessons. And I think it's how quickly you get up and get on to the next challenge and how quickly you grow up when, when these challenges come your way. Looking at tonight's fixtures, five matches in all. I think uh, most most sort of eyes, if you follow English football or British football, will be on the, the Celtic clash there at home to, to Astana. How do you see that one going? Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, I've had a good look at the Celtic, but obviously when they're at home, it's a... Passionate uh, crowd and there's a lot of history. So I'd like to think that they've got a. I think that like, I mean, I'm sure like most teams at home would have a would have an advantage. And I think at home they can realistically back themselves. We've seen them cause some upsets in the past three or four seasons where people have been pleasantly surprised at what they've been able to produce, especially at home. Without a doubt. Napoli and Nice, uh, that one taking place uh, in Italy as well. Napoli also, no stranger to, to this level of football. That, my gut feel is they're going to be too strong for Nice tonight. You would think so, but again, um, lots of German teams, I said earlier, I think the French teams can blow a little bit more hot and cold. I think the Germans are pure consistency and you know what you're going to get. and They generally put up a, a fight no matter where they are at what level. The French teams... There's always a bit of flair. You kind of don't know what you're going to get, unless it's PSG or the top teams. But I, I wouldn't count any of the French teams out at this level because there's obviously a very strong African influence, which is great from my perspective. I think it's wonderful. You've got a lot of flair and a lot of talent and a lot of pace in most of the French teams, whether it be through the French nationals or the African influence. 
So hot and cold, you never know what you're going to get. But yeah, I fancy the, the Italians at home. Olympiacos also in action at home tonight as well. They're a team who've, you talk about blowing hot and cold, you never quite know what you're going to get with uh, Olympiacos, but they've had a, a couple of good runs in, in Europe and they'll be hoping for more of the same this season. Yeah, again, I mean, that club with huge European experience, not only, you know, dominating the Greek uh, league with Panathinaikos over the years and Athens, but at the Champions League level, Olympiacos is a big, big player. So, if you, you want to see teams like that uh, back on their feet in a big way. But again, it's you know, gone are the days where you're able to to keep hold of the Rivaldo type players at clubs like that. You know, they get snapped up by the the huge superpowers of European football with financial muscle. So it's great to see the likes of Olympiacos and the Ajax and there's all these big clubs, you know, back in the mix. But again they've got to rely a lot more now on younger players and players coming through the system than perhaps in the decades gone by. Uh, great to see them back, but yeah, a team with that pedigree at home in Greece, you'd expect them to do the job and be ready for the challenge. We're looking forward to that. So, Neil Gregg, as always, great to catch up. Thanks for your time this evening here on SAFM Sports Chat. Much appreciated. And that's it for the show for tonight. Yeah, Don't forget, if you'd, if you'd like to be in touch with us, uh, email sport at safm.co.za. That's how you can get in touch. I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. We'll have more sport for you tomorrow morning with Janet Witten, bright and early on AM Live. And uh, coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the talk shop. Naledi Maleo with you once again tonight. And uh, lots of issues to get through this evening, so make sure you stay tuned to South Africa's news and information leader. Right now, though, uh, it is 7 o'clock, and Greg Close has your news.